Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And uh, today we have with us Mr. Shrey Misra, uh, who is the co-founder of XR Central and Gaming Central. Uh, XR Central is an interactive technology studio focused on solving problem statements uh, using AR, VR and XR technologies across industry verticals. And uh, Gaming Central develops a cutting edge uh, uh, game-based experiences for brands and consumers uh, in, again, AR, VR, and XR. Um, uh, hi, Shrey. Welcome to ELI. Thanks. Thanks, Priranjan, for having me today on, uh, on ELI. Um, uh, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience, please. Sure. I started off my journey, uh, of course, a lot of, I would say a lot of entrepreneurs uh, start with engineering. So, so I did my engineering and uh, I used to do shell scripting and those sort of things. And then um, somewhere down the line, I, I felt that it, I wanted something, I wanted to do something which was more creative, where I could sort of contribute more. So, you know, I interned with a few startups, uh, one of those being uh, Hacker Rank. Uh, they, those guys had just started off, I think it was just before their Y Combinator days. And uh, I was super excited to see what and how things sort of, um, you know, slowly, gradually develop into. So I could see that, you know, they started off with mock interviews, then they sort of pivoted a model to a model where, you know, they want, they started doing coding reviews and all of those sort of things. Um, Somewhere down the line, you know, I uh, I also realized that I needed some some work experience. So, you know, I I worked for a few years at a digital marketing startup based out of Noida. Um, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the founders are very open, and I got to work with a lot of brands and a lot of I would say um, communities as well. So just like you, uh, Priya, I mean, the way you sort of developing entrepreneurial community, we uh, we were sort of developing a lot of brand communities on Facebook. So if you remember between 2010 and 14, the Facebook community thing was like huge, right? So okay. so that's that's where, you know, we I, I sort of worked with the team and uh, a lot of, I would say, marquee brands and helped them build the communities on Facebook and other social platforms. Somewhere down the line, I, I realized that that's, that's something which is interesting, something which um, I have a given um, knack of. So that's where the Gaming Central journey started. So, you know, initially the thought was to maybe have something in e-commerce, you know, you chat with friends, that's how it gets started, right? You chat with friends, you, you talk about starting something up. And uh, I felt the easiest way to start was actually start on Facebook and and see if there is a community for gamers. So uh, ever since I started the the Facebook page in a very informal manner, uh, I felt that you know I could strike a chord with the audience, and the community grew organically very quickly. So I think we were hundred thousand page likes very quickly uh, within I think a few months, and uh, then there was no looking back after a point of time after we reached critical mass. I sort of got into it full time and uh, we started sort of you can say a consulting very gaming focused brands so for the first three years between 2014 and 17 our, our journey was more like a you can say a gaming agency of sorts right so any gaming brand would come to us so be it nvidia or a, 
or a HP Omen or a PlayStation, and we would actually help them craft a community uh, engagement strategy, be it online or offline, uh, to help them reach out to gamers. So uh, somewhere there down the line, we were growing the gaming central community as well, as well as uh, we were helping them. So sort of it was hitting the right spot and we had a lot of fun. So we, we, we actually crafted a lot of, you can say college campaigns, a lot of corporate gaming leagues and all of that. Um, somewhere, somewhere down the line, what we were realizing was that our interest or our bent of mind was more towards creating something which we could call our own. So that's where we start, start, started doing a pivot towards developing that tech. Because when we are marketing, we are basically marketing a publisher's game, right? So, so we are like, we realize that okay, while the advertising part is something which is working all right on the on the portal on the Facebook side, but we wanted to create our own stuff. So that's where you can say shift towards XR and B two B started, and we've not looked back since. Uh, that's where you can say we sort of sowed the seeds for XR Central, right? Uh, XR Central in terms of uh, the identity is, is, you know, it's more towards uh, creating stuff using XR augmented virtual and mixed reality, as well as using, you know, stuff around games and gamifications, whatever we, we uh, sort of interpret as well, right? So we work very closely with, you know, brands like SpiceJet, uh, as well as others um, in the space. And, you know, uh, we help them build a solution. So, yeah, in the last three years, we've actually done a pivot towards augmented and virtual reality technologies. Uh, we create immersive, you know, learning campaigns. In the, in the pandemic, actually, we did a lot of virtual events on our gaming engine-based platform. And that's where I would say the third leg of our journey started, where we are now developing a product, which... Which, uh, which is right out there. We're doing a pre-alpha for, for brands right now. So we're working very closely with our given set of alpha brands. And then, you know, we, we're planning to roll it out. Um, so it's, it's more with the more in-term called the metaverse, which all of us are hearing now. So in some way, in a small way, we are also working towards that, I would say, yeah. So in general, I would say from 2014 till now, our uh, our identity is is has been around gaming and and interactive tech. Yeah, I hope that sort of sort yeah, of absolutely. sets the. Uh, uh, tell us uh, more about XR Central and Gaming Central in the context of what is the uh, technology that is uh, being used and uh, how is the uh, team structured? What kind of clients do we approach? And more importantly, what kind of uh, real life problems we solve? Right. So I'll start with something where uh, where we sort of helped a pharmaceutical company. Uh, so a very interesting anecdote where um, I was actually there for a jury at one of these entrepreneurial meets, and I met uh, Namita, and she was looking at building something in gamification for her medical reps. So Namita uh, heads MQR Pharmaceuticals and uh, the problem statement there was simple. You know, you have a lot of medical representatives who have to spend a very long time, you know, waiting outside for the doctor, right? So how to engage them without make, making it too intrusive for them as well. So the end goal being learning and engaging the medical representatives, right? 
but at the same time not in a boring manner right so what we did was we created a quizzing application a multiplayer quizzing application for all the uh, medical representatives based out of uh, or who are working for ncho um, to our surprise we we saw a great engagement rate we had close to you know 80% uh, of the users being engaged on a daily basis and i would say that actually set up the pedestal for us to create gamification apps uh, another example of this is something which we have done for uh, spicejet in the last 3 years so we worked extremely closely with them with their learning and training team and we've actually crafted the whole e learning strategy and the immersive i would say immersive learning strategy so using stuff like games you know uh, so so we use a runner game for example so that you know the cabin crew is engaged as well as they have a learning outcome at the same time now whatever points they earn through answering the questions they they go, that goes up on a leaderboard and it's connected to their rewards uh, system right so there's like a feedback loop which sort of comes back and they are actually able to learn and contribute to their day to day thing as well now we are actually going to the next level where we are introducing xr based virtual uh, spaces for for you can say you know immersive simulations as well for them so i would say in these couple of examples you you will get a basic flavor of of work of what we do a lot of our work actually is dependent i would say on the gaming engines which we use uh, because that's where the interactivity comes from um apart from that we do um take a device agnostic approach so when i say device agnostic approach i would say when we started off it was more based on you know using a vr headset per se and uh, creating it just for that standalone vr headset but as you know um or any gamer would say that the fun in gaming actually comes from the multiplayer aspect right and uh the lesser your dependency on the device the better usually it is right so what we started doing was that we started porting all our virtual reality applications to the web so all our applications and that's in some ways our usp as well so all our applications can be done on a, a browser so browsers are extremely easily available across smartphones or and the desktop as well and then of course if you do have a vr headset then great you can sort of straight away open that link on the browser and it runs perfectly well so so i would say that's that's in some ways that's been the mix um in terms of a team composition it's usually a mix of developers i would say but uh, you know design and development uh, go hand in hand so we have a team of developers who work on the game engine as well as the web and um we do have a, a fairly um, well equipped design team as well to to sort of take care of the ui ux as well as the asset uh, design part of it and the asset optimization part of it so so that those are i would say those are the key elements and then of course as we move uh, content is going to be the key as well a bit of research as well so uh, as we are moving we are sort of keeping more um, you can say time for research as well because that's extremely important for and especially in the domain which we are that's 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 how it is uh, we'll talk more about the team but uh, first i would like to uh, uh, ask you this uh, you you spoke about the aviation example where you built uh, some uh, vr based game from 
for a aviation company uh, and if you uh, look at uh, look at it closely you'd see that aviation has been uh, doing the virtual uh, things for a very long time uh, simulation is a big part yeah. of uh, how a pilot is trained uh, and uh, that is how they learned a big part of their job uh, 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 of uh, piloting aircraft uh, what i want to ask you is what is the role of simulation in, in uh, everyone else's life uh, especially for uh, other jobs uh, like uh, you mentioned the pharma example and all uh, now why i am asking this is uh, many of the edtech companies recently also have started uh, taking the ar and vr uh, or uh, mm -hmm. should i say adapting the ar vr into the learning process how does a ar vr uh, and simulation play a, a role uh, in the learning process i think it's uh, I, I mean the 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 answer lies in the question itself i think when you think of let's say education per se it's extremely important right because the more you engage the more you interact usually you will see research studies which state that the more you interact with something the the better the learning is so be it let's say learning at the school or the college level or be training at the corporate level it's extremely important for you to engage with uh, with uh, stuff which you are thrown out at at the same time i would say i mean i like to explain it with an example so for example let's say you take the example of spice jet right now while the pilots do have that um, you know that edge with the simulators right now think of a cabin crew you know a cabin crew is a very simple graduate and after a six month training they are thrown into situations which are which can be extremely tough you know you could have first aid situations which come on uh, on the flight you could have hijacking situations which can come there there could be emergency landing situations now how do you deal with those stressful situations and then there can be something as simple as you know seat exchange scenarios right so it's happened with me as well you know i i had a ticket for a seat and there was another passenger who had the same number now how does a cabin crew really deal deal with that is what where what and where simulations can come in extremely well right uh, because the more you're prepped up the more you train the better it is right so for example beat hijacking scenarios these are extremely stressful scenarios and that's why simulating those just with role play uh, becomes extremely tough but you can do that extremely well with virtual reality so the way we usually craft stuff and i think that's that's the global standard as well is that you know you need to really look at what the simulation has to be created right for, for example let's say it's a hijacking scenario in that case it would need a virtual reality headset because you would need to be totally immersed in that situation it needs to be scripting it needs to sort of measure the haptics and how quickly you took those decisions right and the better you took those decisions it's like a decision tree the better you take those decisions the the better you are at maybe you know stopping that when it actually happens right or maybe salvaging the situation at the same time uh, when you have let's say uh, industrial scenarios like let's say which wire to cut the red or the blue right in those sort of scenarios i would say uh, augmented reality comes in very handy because and uh, there's another another term which we learned from one of our customers 
uh, at Exalta, which was assisted reality, right? So you have a lot of these, uh, you can say industrials, you know, uh, solutions which are coming up, which are more uh, to do with, uh, you can say, augmented uh, part of it and assisted part of it as well, where you could have actually an expert sitting on the other end, just like you, you would see commentary and commentators making those marks or those sort of things. Mm. That's that's where, uh, you know, it, it would also come in. So, you know, there would be a lot of support services which can be powered by augmented. And then in terms of the simulation, that's that's learning and training. We've seen a surge in museums as well. So if you see, uh, if you go to a lot of museums who've seen a recent upgrade, you will usually see that a lot of screens have been sort of put in, right? And I think that sort of really defeats the purpose. The actual fun in a museum is actually, you know, that tactile feedback to, to, to really see an artifact. And I think globally museums have moved towards uh, a place where they are actually integrating augmented or virtual reality solutions so that, you know, you can visualize something. So for example, we created an Egyptian gallery uh, sort, of, sort of a pyramid experience for one of the museums and it got great response and and that this was just before the pandemic hit now i'm sure once everything comes back to normal and people want to sort of look at different avenues those are the different scenarios where you would see you know xr coming in very handy yeah uh, you spoke about uh, beautiful examples uh, like the uh, pyramid and uh, which were to cut uh, can you can you give us a comprehensive uh, uh, list of industries where uh, the XR and VR can be uh, applied uh, to a very effective uh, uh, extent? Yeah, I think uh, generally uh, we're seeing applications across the board. So for example, uh, let's start with education. Education is a very big use case. Uh, so be it simulations for STEM labs or simulating general content in textbooks, that's, those are those are big, big areas. Uh, also, I would say, since we are in the education domain, so that, that's one, then you move to the corporate uh, side of things, then there's training and simulation, which comes uh, extremely handy for industries across the spectrum. So be it uh, communication scenarios, like customer support scenarios, or you could also have uh, industrial uh, shop floor scenarios, right? So let's say you have a machine and you you want to collaborate on that. You want to see how uh, and how that works. So that's that's also some place. Um, another uh, interesting example is tourism, right? So for example, uh, so as the pandemic is sort of slowly coming towards its end, fingers crossed, uh, you will see a surge in tourism, right? And before you actually travel to a given place, you would like to sort of research a bit more about the place or, you know, so that, that's, that's also some place where XR or both augmented and virtual reality are coming in extremely handy. Um, so these are like two big, uh, big spaces. Retail is another, uh, because if you see, uh, you know, players like Lenskart, you know, people are sort of, you know, testing their, their glasses right from the app, right? So retail is a very, very big scenario. Even in the uh, very recent metaverse showcase by uh, by Mark Zuckerberg, he, he showcased the, 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 the fabric, the, how the fabric looks, you know? 
and i think that's why uh, as you move you're actually moving to a very world which looks more like ready player one of sorts not immediately but i think over a period of time and you'll see similar applications so i would say um, ar glasses we're very close to that uh, coming in hand, uh, coming into the picture uh, another very interesting example is what you're now seeing in cars so you have head mounted displays right so you have those displays coming in with the kia seltos and others as well so it's becoming extremely consumer grade and i think as you move you're going to see a lot of applications uh, as we see it as we see it as a agency or as a development company in the space we see a host of applications across so we see it as a horizontal you know but uh, when you look at the top two or three use cases we we do see training and simulation as one very big uh, application we include edtech in that as well in that itself because you know that sort of becomes that big uh, big uh, subset of the same then you have retail which is another huge set because retail you have retail across you know you can have experience centers you can have um house tours you can have hotel tours and those sort of things yeah. mm. so that's 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 where we are so i think there's a there's an adoption curve which is coming with with hardware prices coming extremely low becoming extremely mm. consumer paid and uh, i think a, a year or two away as soon as i think apple launches their glasses we're going to see that aspirational value increasing very quickly as well and then of course as you know there would be chinese counterparts coming in with their versions of those ar glasses so then that technology becomes extremely mainstream okay um so i have few more questions around it uh, now i would like to love i would love to hear about uh, your team uh, how did you find the team to build this venture okay that's that's a short question and maybe that might have a longish answer but yeah sure. i think uh, so my co-founder is happens to be my school friend so so our association goes a long way back so that's unsure um i would say uh, you usually the bit more philosophical of sorts but i would say usually the kind of stuff which you intend to do or you're doing that is what attracts the kind of people around you right so very obvious also so for example uh, a lot of our stuff has been around games so we do have a bunch of gamers and game programmers who work with us right so uh, i i would say uh, since we've been very close to institutions uh, a lot of our um, engineers do come from uh, institutions where we do ha- we have had partnerships with them mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so in terms of building the team of course the my co-founder is is my school friend uh, then as we've moved uh, the gaming central journey also helped you know so you you learn through the way um, so of course your internship portals and those sort of things things help we usually look at self learners so of course everyone is different it, it's it's like a uh, one to one thing which happens but i would say uh, we usually look at self learners uh, and someone who can sort of uh, do things on their own because as you know in startups you don't really get time to train so we do give a free leeway for for folks to sort of experiment with stuff 
uh, it can be extremely fun for some and extremely intimidating for others you know because some people do like structure and there's no offense in that it's fine i mean there's there's a different work setup for everyone right so i would say uh, for us it's been um, i think we've been lucky that some of our team members were there with us in were in the gaming central journey and then they were willing to sort of pivot to development so that that's something which happened and um they stuck with us so you know one after the other with our institutional part- partnerships also we it's more of a hidden trial i would say and then uh, we usually start with a trainee of sorts you know we we have trainees then they are absorbed and uh, and that's how the journey goes you know so uh, it's been a mix of developers so we give them uh, an initial sort of a duration for them to test waters for them to experiment and then um, usually we sort of absorb full time you know uh so, yeah that, that's how we went about it that's how i think a lot of startups in in our ecosystem go about doing things right uh if i may go a little deeper uh can you tell us about uh the tech stack in uh, uh in play and the and the background of uh, this entire thing yeah so the tech stack in play as i told you uh, we use uh, both uh, game engines like unity so uh, we do use unity for a lot of our stuff uh, especially webgl games we we develop a lot of webgl games uh, all of those are done in unity for stuff which are more pertaining to our xr based applications we use a open source uh, engine called uh, babylon as well as we use 3.js and aframe so that forms the core as well as uh, you know currently mern is something which is sort of more around the globe it's being used for scalable web applications so we do use mern stack for the application so on the game engine side of things we we develop on top of uh, babylon and 3.js and then we sort of uh, use mern for uh, scaling it up and then you we have cloud services so that's that's basically of the self cloud services yeah okay uh what is the, the next uh, thing you have in mind for the venture what is the vision uh, any plans to become a product company yeah incidentally we are so we are actually in that pivot right now okay. uh, so till now we have been services as as you could gather from the kind of discussions we've been having uh, in the last one year we've been actually doing that pivot towards being a, a product company we're working on a metaverse product uh, to be honest we used to call it a virtual spaces platform but metaverse is the in thing right now so we're calling it the metaverse but i would say it's a virtual spaces platform where uh, you could sort of create your own virtual space so let's say you want to do a, a meet up of all the members at li you could actually do that on our platform by creating a whole gallery and actually moving around just like you would do in a game with avatars and everything right okay. so so that's that's the whole idea uh, we want to sort of democratize xr uh, till now xr has been extremely slow if you if you see and if you've been analyzing vr has been there for years you know mm-hmm. it's not that it's not been there it's just that um, you're seeing more traction coming in now so we feel that right now it is at an inflection point where you know 
or it's reached a threshold value where now it can sort of grow exponentially. We feel that we're at the right place right now because we do have products. We do have a, we do have the product in, um, in some shape and form in the initial MVP stage. We do have a given set of customers. So the way we are approaching it is more B2B and not B2C. Uh, you know, you have sort of conglomerates like Facebook doing it B2C for mm. people. We on the other end are more B2B. You can say sort of Shopify for XR of sorts. So that's that's what we have in mind. Our product is slated for an initial launch of early next year. Uh, so the first quarter next year is when you look, you you you'll uh, have uh, early access for the platform. So that's where we are. So. Apart from that, uh, we have uh, <clears throat> sort of um, um, done partnerships in the US as well. So you might see us doing a pivot towards the to, to the towards North America market as well. So that's that's where we are. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, can you tell us about? Okay. Nice. Uh, can you tell us about the different uh, challenges that you have faced uh, along the way while uh, building and growing this venture? Yeah, sure. I think a lot of challenges uh, keep coming. Uh, I think one of the first challenges is the talent, you know, because it's the team which sort of takes it forward, be it a product or a service. So I think the first challenge has been for us to build the team. Um, especially in the XR space because it's it's extremely new it's it's a niche within a niche you know gaming itself is a niche and then you know having XR is another big niche within the a segment so I think making people aware uh, on the hiring side of things when you're hiring folks and asking them to be patient or or sort of explore you know asking them to keep exploring stuff is also there I think we've been also extremely lucky at, in that aspect. So we've been persistent at, at one end, but we've also been extremely lucky, I would say, that uh, the folks have persisted with us, you know. Um, so so I would say one of the challenges has been um, uh, building the team. The other challenge, I think, which uh, firms do face is, I would say, uh, as a services company, the the cash circulations, right? So, so financials, right? So, keeping it financially viable and financially stable, so that um, you know it's it goes hand in hand, right? If there's a crunch, then it becomes extremely tough for you to maintain the team. So, uh, yeah. So, I think that's that's something which has been there, which we've been able to manage extremely well uh, for the last few years. And fingers crossed, we'll manage it uh, as we move as well. Yeah. So, I think the, those are. Two critical challenges, I think. The last one being scaling as a services company. So I would say scaling in general is a challenge which everyone faces as an entrepreneur. Uh, we also face the same, and that's why we're taking the product route because at one point of thing, time we have realized that you know what XR actually needs is is a platform approach and not a services approach. So mm. yeah, so that's that's where we are, I think. Okay. Uh, speaking of gaming, um, I think uh, as you rightly uh, said that uh, XR VR is uh, has been there for a, a good amount of time, but it's not uh, adopted by the mass yet. Uh, you also spoke spoke about Ready Player One kind of uh, uh, technology uh, coming mainstream. Uh, if I may ask you, uh, 
what is the time frame do you look at when we will go to oh, to a point where uh, a big part of a gaming gaming community would be using ar and vr uh, for, for uh, their gaming uh, applications i i would say uh, i think uh, in terms of stuff going extremely mainstream for ar it's right now so it's happening as we speak so you have folks like niantech working on on platforms like like sale you know i think i'm getting the right name maybe if not then maybe i'll need to correct myself but niantech has been working on those sort of platforms and as well as some other companies right okay. so there are uh, in terms of ar reaching that global scale it's certainly there uh for vr also i i would say with platforms like oculus right uh it has reached a very good scale yes we haven't seen uh oculus becoming mainstream in india because i would say there are import uh, issues there might be some compliance issues right so in terms of vr i i still feel uh, while it's an extremely amazing and immersive tech uh all that stopping it from becoming mainstream is i would say the hardware challenge mm. which i feel has has been consistently moving towards becoming more consumer friendly so i'll explain it with an example so think of it like this in 2015 we we sort of uh, went to computex right and they had vr as the theme so everywhere you go you had virtual reality booths and theme now what was the underlying hardware powering it there were pcs right and there were extremely expensive vr headsets like it's cc wise hmm. all wired and extremely tough for you to set up right so if you really look at it in indian currency it would mean a let's say a 1.5 to 2 lakh system a 70000 rupees vr headset so you're looking somewhere upwards of 2.5 to 3 lakh rupees as a vr headset setup right hmm. and you need someone technical to manage it you, you can't be a noob to manage and set up the virtual reality setup but where are you right now you are at 300 dollars with the oculus vr headset quest headset which is totally standalone you don't need any wires mm-hmm. and it gives you room scale experience right so you've come from let's say 3 4000 dollars to 300 dollars so i think we we really come uh down a long way and this was oculus quest for, uh, the first version was launched i think 2019 mm. uh so 2019 and now you you've moved to one up towards the quest 2 also i think in the amazon sale it was on sale for i think 34000 or something right in india abroad it's cheaper so mm. i think that's why it it makes me extremely excited to to say that okay maybe when you have the apple ar headset or similar ar headset maybe people are excited about apple because when apple comes out with something it becomes extremely consumer grade absolutely mainstream and and i think that's that's when you will hit that uh, sweet spot so uh, i i think that we are already there towards a ready player one kind of a thing but you know it's movies so i mean there will always be a collection factor attached to it but uh, just see what pokemon go did few years back right Yeah. it got everyone excited everyone started knowing okay what is augmented reality mm-hmm. or with the google uh, application for animals when mm-hmm. the pandemic hit a lot of parents actually turned to it to actually show their kids what are different animals because they were not able to go to let's say a, a zoo 
so they could show them what different animals look like and all of that so i think it's becoming extremely consumer grade with your smartphones with 4g and 5g eventually 5g coming in that would be extremely high speed internet at your disposal right so i think that's we are we're certainly moving at it at an extremely fast clip yeah so that's now why we are. now coming to the personal side of being an entrepreneur i would like to yeah. ask a few questions around that so uh, sure. first question is how do you stay energetic throughout your entrepreneurial journey i think it's been uh, quite some time you have been an entrepreneur yeah. and uh, it requires a lot of attention focus and you have to be consistent at it uh, however there might be circumstances where you may feel tired restless or you lose focus and when you do that your business also suffers uh, so how do you manage such situations mm, i would say it's um, a very simple answer actually it's all in the mind so you need to sort of really be at it to be positive no i mean being an entrepreneur you have to be positive all the time you have to be optimistic of course there has to be some practicality to it but you need to have a positive frame of mind if you don't because generally for any entrepreneur there are challenges which which come in day to day right so you have to be extremely positive uh, you need to look at it in a way that you can sort of start or have a reset button every morning so i think my my sister mentioned to me a few years back before i actually even started off where i think she unknowingly mentioned but i took it uh, extremely well i i would say where she mentioned that you need to really start from zero every day right and i think when you start from zero every day right it it's really helps you to sort of be in a in a good shape of mind if you have too much baggage which you bring in every day then i think it becomes extremely tough and also of course keeping keeping ego aside as well so i think both of those things sort of helps me keep afloat as far as the energy levels are concerned everyone has their own i would say formula nowadays i keep it for me it is keeping things extremely simple maybe you know taking a walk or or you know sort of driving around just to take a break uh, as well because um, also take, staying a bit away from the screens i know it's counter intuitive coming in from someone in tech but i think also staying a uh, bit away from the screens help uh, does help a lot yeah okay uh what is the role of co-founder uh, in entrepreneur's life uh, i'm uh, if you can answer this from a uh, from a personal point of view rather than um, hmm. bringing uh, a complementary skill set on board i think uh, i think it's more uh, psychological also right so in terms of uh, uh, it it it's just like a relationship right so you need someone to share stuff with uh, so be it challenges or be it uh, a fresh perspective also on things so usually i feel that um, a co-founder sort of brings in and shares that responsibility of running and taking forward the company mm. um, of course you are a traditional complementary skill set thing of course remains so that that's definitely it has to be there because if it's not there then it's it's not going to go long term but uh, yeah i think definitely shouldering that responsibility 
uh, of taking that whole company or vision forward is is what you sort of look from a co-founder. Uh, and yeah, I've been extremely lucky to have one. Um, but yeah, I think I would usually suggest to wait for the right time. And uh, when, the, when the person comes in, it's, it's fine. Uh, because everyone has a different uh, recipe or a you know formula for this um, and with a lot of venture funds and all coming in uh, they have a very extremely templated model to this i mean you you'll know priya and so <laughs> what to say but yeah that's that's how it is but it helps you know otherwise it becomes too much centered on one person so you know it does sort of it does impact and bias the decisions also right so it, there's always there needs to be a fresh perspective which comes in. Yeah. Speaking of a venture fund, uh, have you raised funding? Uh, we've just finalized one round, um, which uh, will be made official. Okay. Um, yeah. So we've just initial raised uh, an initial seed round. We've been extremely, I would say, lucky to raise it from one of our. It's an initial seed round, not from a venture fund but from one of our um, partner ventures uh, called Net Profits. So we, we are very close to raising it and formalizing it. So that's where we are. Uh, the exact details I think I'll be able to share in a few weeks, but uh, as we formalize all of that, but yes, we, we have raised our rounds first round and now we are uh, once it's done, I think we'll be focusing more on uh, developing and launching the product and then we'll be looking to raise um, you can say a more formal round from a venture fund, but we've been in talks with early stage funds. So it's not, it's not that we haven't been, we were selected in Chirate Sonic as well as uh, several uh, uh, marquee funds as well. And uh, I think it's with the metaverse and the metaverse thing coming up very well. We do find ourselves in a, in a sweet, in a sweet spot where I think for us, we want to sort of structure it in a way where um, it's not just about raising money, but also sort of utilizing it and scaling it up. So I think we do have initial uh, push right now. So we'll be sort of then closing the initial rounds in the next few months. Hmm. That's, that's having, where we are. So interesting journey. Yeah. Having said that, uh, can you comment on uh, what is the right time uh, to raise funds for a uh, venture? I think it's very subjective for us exact. So for example, in our case, we are in our seventh year of operations, right? As I told you, we started off 2014. Um, so, and you will see a lot of journeys where people start off with a fundraise, right? <laughs> they start the journey with the fundraise. So I think it's extremely subjective, uh, but I think some parameters always remain. So whenever you are thinking of raising money, the founders or the founding team should know how their money management skills. They should know how, how and what they need to raise money for. Hmm. I would say capital has always been there in the market. So uh, it shouldn't be that your product is dependent on the capital. You're getting where I'm coming from. So for example, it shouldn't be that you are just raising the money to keep the house running. The, where the school of thought where we come from is that at least your product should be able to sustain uh, some part of, um, you know, 
your running expenses so mm-hmm. or at least you should know how to manage your running expenses before you reach that stage i think raising money is extremely it's it's an extremely risky task for for the team also and i think venture funds also appreciate that that you should know how to manage that money and grow that money because then in any which way capital be debt or through venture funds are, has been available and it's always going to be available with china having running into such uh, yeah interesting water so i think india has a great opportunity to raise funds and that's why you're seeing that action over here absolutely uh due to constant of time i just have two more questions for you uh ah, sure, sure. tell us what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you how would you define the term entrepreneur i think uh, the way i <clears throat> define entrepreneur or just a startup is that you need to be ready for you need to be ready for change you need to be ready for uncertainty at all times you need to sort of face it head on if you're able to face it then i think if you're willing to face it then i think you figure out the solution in some way or the other that's what in some ways we learn in engineering as well a lot of times you you sort of do a lot of things where you you get the problem and you need to solve it right so i i i define it in in this manner the last question uh yeah tell us about the different uh, learnings that you have got as an entrepreneur which we can take away and apply to our ventures okay i think a uh, few learnings first one is that you need to be extremely um critical when it comes to you know running it profitably you know it needs to generate a revenue that's something which a lot of us forget when because we get into that whole venture fund sham bank right hmm. the other one is that uh, you need to decide quickly because you have to run it uh, the third thing is you know running it patiently with a team as well so i would say building the team is i would say more critical than raising capital sometimes you know because you need to have a core team taking it forward if you don't have that then all that capital is of not of no use because you can't sort of you know sort of build either build the quality product also or service that product also so i think some of those things are very very critical and then of course if you're building something you build it for scale right because um, you know if it's too small a problem which you're solving then it's of no use you know end of the day we all are all are doing something to raise money or to to make money also right be it for social entrepreneurs or for generally for entrepreneurs also so i think that building for scale is extremely important we are lucky that we are in a region like india where we have the numbers so and the opportunities also so yeah so that's 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 i think those are some learnings which we at least i have had in the last few years and i think can be useful for others as well uh well on this note i think we have come to the end of our discussion uh thanks for your time shrey yeah. and our best wishes for excel central and gaming central thank you thank you kiran great talking to you as well